I think if you just buy in and then they slap you across the face, <laughs> that would be a, that would send the same. Do you message. want to go home now, or do you want me to do it again? <laughs> me and my buddy, we make it all of this money. Yeah, I know it's rude to be bragging. They never catching us lagging. Me and my buddy. Hello, beautiful people. This and me and Justin too. This is Art Parman. Uh, this is the Table One Podcast, your favorite poker, gambling, Vegas podcast. Obviously, obviously. Um, First off, I just want to say that Chino episode, you guys left a lot of beautiful comments, beautiful people, and it made us have all the feelings. Yep. It, you made my pants vibrate a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I was just going to say dopamine's in my head, but no, that's fine. My, my pants said nothing. Yeah, you don't get the notifications. I get them, <laughs> but I send them all the good ones to Justin, so true. keep yeah. sending the comments and we read them all. Uh, if I don't have time to answer you, it's because I'm lazy. But... I still love you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an exciting time here in Vegas. Uh, like by the time you guys watch it, I think it will probably be over. But uh, F1 is coming to town. Uh, I think the race is actually on Saturday. But uh, there's already hoopla. I actually, before I went to bed last night, um, I put on Netflix and like, or yeah, I think it was Netflix. The, the top thing recommended for me was this golf outing between. Uh, Formula One drivers, they got paired up with professional golfers, and they, they, they golfed at the Wynn Golf Course. Interesting. I saw the one where the Formula One car drove through the wind. Did you see that one? <laughs> I did not, but I'm, I'm sure it was attached to all the same thing, but yeah. It, yeah. They, it was, they, so, and there was, it went out into the parking lot, and then as it like went out to valet, out of the, the main doors, there's, a, there's like a one of those... Uh, Red Bull trucks drifting oh, yeah, like yeah. right behind it as it comes out. I was like, "Holy shit! This must have <laughs> been expensive." Yeah, they're they're definitely not sparing any expense. Uh, I think the the very first hole. I think the first hole for everyone was a speed uh, scramble. Like I know not everyone's versed in uh, golf, but that basically that means uh, everyone kind of like teed off together and they hopped in the cart and they, it was a race down to the, the, the hole and then they ran to their balls and like basically just like finished the hole as fast as they could. And it, <laughs> no, no, like it doesn't matter how many shots it took to get in the hole, it matters who got the ball in first. Ah, so it was, it was, I mean, you know, I get the theme of like, you know, the F1 drivers coming in. But the thing is like- Coming in hot. Most of the time the, the, the PGA guys were the ones driving the cart. I kind of wish they had like little like dune buggies or like oh a God. little uh, go-karts or something like that where they're just like, because they have to cross a bridge too, like this only wide enough for like one car. So oh, like, that would be perfect. <laughs> big liabilities for the win, I suppose. But like, I think it'd be pretty funny. Or that or just make it wide enough for like a car and a half so where they might like, you know. Yeah, you, I do know. They got to wear helmets to play this round of golf. But either way, it was it was a cool uh, reminder, I suppose, that the, the F one's coming to town, like basically now. Uh, but like the actual things coming up this weekend. Yeah, yeah, the town has been a mess for six months. The <laughs> roads are a mess. It takes a half hour to get a mile on the Las Vegas Strip, but it's true. finally here. Yeah, and I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. Uh, I know some people are sad because they tried to invest in some tickets and they have plunged. Yeah. They have down in price, but uh, you know. You gamble when you when you when you're buying uh, tickets to flip. So, but yeah, I think uh, Vegas has a ten year contract with them. Is, I believe that's correct. Anyway, so this is going to happen another nine years. But I think they got unlucky because the top three or top five of the F one uh, has already been settled. And I say that as a complete novice when it comes to to racing. At yeah, all. I also heard that, but I don't know anything. Just like the only thing scrambled I know about is my eggs. 
I also I know just about as much about F1 as I do as golf. So, uh, anyways, it's supposed to bring a lot of money here over the next ten years. Which, uh, if any of you Formula One peoples are watching, mm. you can find us on table two this week because <laughs> there are some really big games coming into town that are uh, that are going to be on on table one. Uh, doesn't mean we're not still table one in our hearts and our minds. That's right. Uh, in fact, I might bring a little little number one plaque and I'll just put it over the. <laughs> no tube. matter where we are, that's where table one is. That's right. It's more of a it's more of a <laughs> ambiance and a mindset and a feeling than it is a, a location. You know, it's yeah. like heaven. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> so uh, yeah. For, so what else about Formula One? Uh, what do you know about it? Uh, very little. I know. Uh, so I was, well, we're both kind of raised in the South, so all I knew growing up was NASCAR. NASCAR. Which, they, they look more like normal cars and they just go really fast, where these more look like the race cars used to play with as kids or whatever, like little, like, uh, uh, what are they called? Airplanes, jets, Hot Wheels. You're hot, wheels hot Wheels, Hot Wheels. But I'm saying they look like fucking jets. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> yeah they're, they're closer to the ground, the bigger wheels. I don't know. It's, it's really cool. Like... Uh, Back in the day, I used to be a mechanical engineer and like actually took a class in a lot of like car stuff and internal combustion engines, and it was it's pretty cool to like okay. realize like how much engineering and science goes into this kind of stuff. But that's kind of where my knowledge ends right there. I don't know how hard it is to drive. I don't know what the tracks are supposed to look like. I know there's more like more turns instead of like NASCAR is just like one big loop. They they like. Weave in and out. They like speed up to like two fifty, and then I have to slow down to like twenty or something like that. Yeah, Probably I feel I feel like right now we we sound like uh, two students trying to explain <laughs> physics to their professor. Like <laughs> yeah. we, we don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, we I'm don't sure. know what we're talking about. There's a lot of turns. The cars they go fast. <laughs> but what I do know is is they have to have the, the the road very very level because everyone's so close to the ground, and because of that, Vegas has done a ton of construction for the last. Well, it's been at least six months, probably closer to a year now, where they are getting the track exactly to uh, specs, which is what they should do or whatever, but it's, it has made it quite a pain uh, to get around. It has. Luckily for us, when we, we play mostly exclusively, basically, at the Aria, there's a back, there's a back entrance. Yeah. And, I, and I found out that the back entrance should be fine uh, during the race, so... Hopefully I'm unaffected and I never know that there is a race that happened except yep. for all the money that comes in to play poker. Speaking of which, you're here for a poker podcast, right? You don't want to learn about F1? But yeah. But either way, so yeah, to his point, uh, this is a very, I would say, ritzy sport uh, to follow. Not to follow necessarily, but to be a part of. Uh, it takes quite a bit of money to uh, like fund these kinds of engineering feats and to put together these kind of courses. And if the ticket prices are any indication, like the people yeah. who come to watch, they don't really think about the price of the tickets. <laughs> yeah, there's been plenty of rumors about how much you have to have a certain amount of credit line to even get a, a suite at anywhere or a, even a room at anywhere, some, like at some places, I think. Yeah, I've heard some similar things. Yeah, they might be rumors, but I don't know. <laughs> it's it's got to be fairly true, though. Like These are very hoity-toity, you know, like fancy hats, fancy dresses. Yeah, twenty dollars you know, bottles of water at the, uh, <laughs> exactly. at the track. Yeah, that's what you're oh yeah, one of the one of the restaurants at inside. Well, probably all of them have raised their prices fifty percent, just for not for no reason. You know the reason. <laughs> <laughs> the reason is because no one looks at the check. That, these are the kind of people they're attracting. Are the people that don't look at checks? They just 
they sign and it, it doesn't affect uh, <laughs> them it's emotionally true. at all. It's true. Like we, I, I, I used to think I was, uh, I was upper, upper class, higher end because when I fill, put gas in my gas tank, I don't look at the price. I just put it in. And I'm like, oh, I don't even shop around for gas. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a ritzy motherfucker. But uh, these guys are on another level. Yeah. They're not looking at the bill at the nightclub when it's 50000 at the end of the day. So, uh, That's right. yeah, if you want to play with us, it's on <laughs> table <laughs> one, Vegas. <laughs> so basically, all that to be said, there's going to be a ton of uh, higher-end people, I would say, coming into town uh, this week, uh, which is very exciting for... Gamblers, poker players, Casinos. whatever, casino hosts, uh, <laughs> service workers in Vegas, uh, just across the board, which is a pretty exciting time. It's kind of uh, the payback for all the, the I wouldn't say the, the heartache we face, but like, you know, the, the traffic and like, you know, the, yeah. the delays. Yeah, I mean, no one really knows what to expect, honestly. Uh, I, the, their buzz has been enormous. It's going to be hard to top. Uh, what people thought it was going to be. I think right now uh, expectations are kind of lowering based on like the ticket prices lowering. But at the same time, I'm still excited about this weekend. I know you're you're conveniently going to be out of town. I will be, so I will not. Well, it's I don't know how convenient, but either way, yeah. Like I'm <laughs> I'm very happily going to go see my mother uh, for early Thanksgiving. Uh, but I'm perfectly happy with that and leave the shenanigans to them. Uh, but I am sad about some of the amazing poker games that we expect to have over the next week and uh, probably a little bit beyond. Yeah, Justin will be gone, so there's one extra seat for anyone out there uh, <laughs> looking to play. Um, and anyway, speaking of, of money in town and, and, and the highs and lows, uh, we, were gonna, we were gonna take this episode and do, do a couple stories uh, about like biggest pots we've ever played, highs and lows of our poker, bankroll and career and you know stuff that's uh not quite on the excitement level as the the chino episode and if you haven't yeah. seen that episode check that one out you'll Should. like it more than this one i promise you that it's a great what it's a great episode amazing. i just i see the numbers buddy i i All see right. the traction i'll vibrate your pocket yeah vibrate my pocket guys but not for this episode no for this episode yeah this one um so we were gonna, yeah, we were gonna talk uh, talk some poker hands that were that were big, or some gambling spots that uh, worked out or didn't for us. Um, and then. So do you want to do lows or highs first? Like, should we start high and end low, or um, start low and end high? Should we do a little? Uh, we should probably end high. I think. I, th I think that's right. Yeah, you guys want to hear about our pain first? You want the pain? Give him some pain, Justin. <laughs> I know you got some pain in you. I, I always have pain in me. Um, so, typically in Vegas, anyone that, that bets sports, even a little bit, uh, I would say if you ask 95 to 98% of them, did you win or lose your biggest sports bet ever? Yeah. They would say they lost it. And the reason being, obviously, if you win your, your biggest one, then you're probably going to bet a little bit bigger the next time until... Until yeah. you lose, you like kind of reverse martingale yourself a little yeah. bit. Yeah, the only way that that's not true is if you hit some massive parlay ticket. Exactly. <laughs> but if you're a straight better and you like to go, you like to feel things during the game. You might be yeah. a degenerate like us, and you might you might want to raise the stakes for the next one. And yeah, and there's definitely no reason for you not to think that you're not going to win your next biggest one because you just won your biggest one. So no yeah. one just quits after their biggest one. It's all I'm really saying. Like, no one just says like, oh, $1,000 is a massive bet for me and you win it and you're like, 
Done with that. <laughs> done with sports betting forever. That is it. I'm one and zero. Retired. <laughs> or I'll just I'll go back to betting fifty dollars a game and be completely happy. Yeah. Doesn't happen. So uh, this is, and I can't remember the year. I want to say it is ooh, maybe 2016 Super Bowl. It was uh, Patriots and the Falcons. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, but either way, everyone's got a story about this game. <laughs> It is. It happens uh, <laughs> to be Justin's largest sports bet, apparently. So, like, I'm a medium to, like, medium-high sports better. Uh, we won't put a, a number on it yet or anything like that. But uh, I, one of my uh, accounts is uh, through this guy in Boston, uh, who's basically his entire clientele is Bostonites. Uh, so I had a reasonable size bet for me on the Falcons, because I really liked them getting four and a half. Uh, no, sorry, excuse me, getting uh, three and a half, excuse me. And I thought it was a great line, and I bet it. And then he he texted me, like, maybe a week before the Super Bowl, and he said, look, everyone's betting the Patriots. I need to lay some money off. Let me give you an extra full point so you have four and a half instead of three and a half, and uh, please bet as much as you want to. I'm not going to charge you any extra juice. Which, don't want to get too technical with, like, sports betting, but that's worth a lot of money. Like that—that that is basically it, like it, I thought I was like break even to maybe a small winner at three and a half or three or I think it was at three where I got it actually. I think it was three. Okay. So the number from three to four and a half is is worth a lot of money. Yeah, it definitely it takes out all of the juice if you're laying yep. minus one ten. Yeah. Now you're basically getting odds on your bet. Right. Like if 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 I were a big sports book, if I was MGM and I booked that at four and a half, I would probably have to give them. I don't even know, plus 150, plus 160. I mean, it was... Yeah, you're printing, basically. Yeah, you're, like, making, you're making a sizable percentage in expectation. Like, honestly, if he was really smart, he would have just bet as much as he could at the four and a half and then bet the other side at three, minus three on the Patriots and just had a, had a nice little free roll. Yeah, so either way, uh, this opportunity came off, uh, and it's you get to watch sports... And you get to win money at the same time. So it's more about your, how risk-adverse you are. And anyone that knows anything about me, I am not risk-adverse for the most part. <laughs> so I decided to put my largest sports bet ever by, I would say, 4x, maybe 3x. Yeah, 3x probably is about right, which made me very, very nervous. Mm. Uh, and anyone that watched the game or remembers the game remembers that the Falcons absolutely destroyed them for th the first three quarters. Uh, I went over to my buddy uh, Eric Baldwin's house. Him and his wife hosted my wife and I. And I was so happily drunk for three hours, just high-fiving, running around, hugging people, uh, picking up their cats and just, just petting them as well. Either way, it, it, was, it was just a glorious time as a sports better, knowing that you've made the right decision by risking a lot of money uh, in a spot where you knew you were like positive EV. <laughs> and then, and then. <laughs> uh, the second half of the fourth quarter happened where things got very, very sad. Again, uh, if you don't know the game, please go back and look. But it, it got to the point where it was 28-3, to three, and getting four and a half points, it was almost impossible for me to lose. And I, I, I say this very, very uh, knowledgeably as a sports better. Like, there was a lot of instances where they come back and win by one, two, even three points. But it was really hard for him to win by more than, than, than five points, like four, four points. Yeah. 
So yeah, that, with that score difference, yeah, right? yeah, between those, twenty-five points, even if it like, goes touchdown, 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 right. they win by one, right? Right. If if they decide to go for twos and stuff like that, they're going to win by one a lot. If they end up tying the game, uh, a lot of times it's going to end in a field goal because usually that's what happens at overtime. Yeah, a lot of broken TVs from that game. <laughs> I have a feeling. So either way, like it was, it was a, a wonderful game, and it went from happy to one of the saddest points of my my sports betting career. Anyway, it was a, the, the saddest actually. Yeah. Uh, and everyone knows, like the Patriots came back to tie it after a miraculous comeback, and then they won the coin flip, which was truly I so thought my only actual hope because I, I knew if the Falcons won the coin flip, they would obviously receive. And then there's no incentive for the Patriots to come down and score a touchdown. Then it's just like as soon as they get in field goal range. They kick a field goal, game over, or the Falcons happen to score, which was never going to happen. So I was basically the coin flip was my life, and the <laughs> coin flip came up Patriots. They got the ball, and I was like, well, still, a lot of times the Falcons are going to stop them here, or at least like force a field goal, which I always win. So I'm still probably a good like 60, 70 percent to like oh even more, probably yeah, 80 percent so to win. Falcons won the coin flip. No, the the Patriots end up winning, but they can still score a, a field goal, right. and I'm I'm. Free rolling, like I, I can't lose. Right, because then they okay, yeah. Which is going to happen a lot if you watch football. Yeah. So what happened was obviously Patriots win the field goal. They just drive right down, and I think it was James White got it across the goal line, and it was sad. And Justin. now Justin's kids can't go to college, <laughs> but, but he doesn't have any, so it's so okay. <laughs> but uh, to be fair, that that was my biggest sports bet ever uh, to this day. And honestly, I don't know if I can imagine betting more on, on that than, than that. Uh, so, like, one of those. Like, if, if I had won, I think there's a pretty good chance I would have bet more on a game at some point in my life. But uh, that, was, that was definitely a low in, in sports betting for me. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I think a lot of people probably have that as their low. But I don't know. Actually, you know what? I bet a lot of people don't because... Like you, like you said, your bookie friend had so much action on the Patriots, he couldn't stand it. Like the, that was definitely the public side. I feel like the yep. sharp side was Atlanta. Yeah. I actually had a, I actually had a uh, Patriots futures bet that year, so I just didn't bet the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> your biggest loss was my whatever eight to one, nine to one yeah, victory. Your, your 48th <laughs> biggest score. That's great. <laughs> So happy for you. Uh, I mean, I didn't bet that much. I had like a thousand on it. I won like eight k. But, but still. Uh, anyway, cheers. Yes, cheers. To All right. More misery, I suppose. Uh, I know golf uh, isn't your forte, but I will tell one more quick story. Do it. Yeah, give me some golf. And this is public knowledge. Uh, maybe names haven't been mentioned, but like uh, Ben Lamb has definitely been on some uh, uh, media outlets telling the same story, but. Uh, my biggest golf loss uh, came at the hands of Ben Lamb. Uh, and again, I've not even come close to uh, touching the win of, uh, in golf. <laughs> I, so again, like, you know, my biggest golf loss. Yeah, I, I know this story. Way I like overseeds <laughs> the, the other one. I mean, I don't like it. I feel sorry <laughs> no, for you. But let's, let's, uh, let's relive the pain, shall we? <laughs> Might as well. This is what we're oh, here for. Are there tissues over here? Uh, what do you need tissue for? Because you might cry after you tell this story. <laughs> All right, tell it. Uh, just real quick, guys. Uh, there was eight of us. We showed up at Cascada, uh, which is a fantastic golf course here in Vegas, uh, closer to Boulder City. Uh, we decided to do a big scramble. So like, we were all risking quite a bit of money uh, per hole. Uh, it was Ben and a bunch of his friends. And I 
I'm not going to mention my team because I don't want to drag them in uh, to uh, how much. They're uh, not the main it, characters. It but either way, <laughs> through the first nine holes, we were destroying them. And I mean, like to the point where they weren't talking to each other and we were just high-fiving after every shot. Couldn't lose a hole. We were up quite a bit of money. And at the turn, uh, this is a little bit more of the same, but I believe at Cascada, I think it's hole 12 or 13. Uh, it's a short par three. Uh, with uh, water surrounding it and like beautiful mountains kind of like uh, as a backdrop. And uh, as we pull up to it, uh, Ben Lamb just off, pulls me off to the side and says, look, do you want to do uh, just a you and I hole-in-one bet? I was like, sure. Like, I'm up a ton of money. Hole-in-ones are almost impossible to make. You got it. Actually, that's not true at all. In what? my head, I was just like, oh, no, he's going to say a big number, and he's a better golfer than I so I initially was like, no. And then he said, <laughs> how about I lay you uh, six to five? And my mind was like, oh, that's really nice. Because like, we're fairly close. But six to five is, is a very generous price. And I was okay. like, absolutely. And then like, I drive away my golf cart, and he yells out the thing. And he goes, all right, my 60 to your 50. And I didn't have the heart to turn around and said, that's too much money. <laughs> Who's going to do that much money? It's never going to happen. That's stupid. But I'll be confident because we're up money right now, and I'm going to give you some action back because that's what gamblers do. Like, if you're up money, you give action back. Yeah. Not to mention, I thought 6 to 5 was more than a reasonable price. So we go up there. Our team doesn't do well. Uh, I think we end up scoring a bogey and a scramble, which is not good. We, we were never going to win. Uh, so we, we stick around to watch their first three shots, and I think their B player uh, stuck one to, like, four feet. They were going to make birdie all day, every day. So we're like, ah. Let's not even sweat this. Like, it's fine. They, they won this hole. Let's go to the next hole. Let's refocus. And so it's you fine. Didn't, you didn't even sweat your hole. You've kind of, what, you didn't tell everyone you had a hole in one? No, no, every, everyone knew. But, like, at the same point, we were. You want to get going to the yeah, next hole. Yeah, it, it was like a, more of a, a team morale thing than anything. Mm. We didn't want to sit there and watch our demise or anything like that. Like, <laughs> it's, it's tough for anyone to get inside of four feet. Like, yeah. It, 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 and it was already going to beat us. Who cares? Let's go tee off and get, like, pumped up again. Okay. So, in my mind, it, it literally wasn't anything. We, we knew we were going to lose the hole, which was considerable, but like nothing, nothing compared to what we were up at, um, at this time. And we get to the hole, and we, uh, we all tee off, and there's just nowhere to be seen for probably like 10 to 15 minutes. No one showed up, and we were like, what is going on? Like, maybe they all missed the putt, and they're all hating each other or fighting right now. I don't even know what's going on. And then about 15 minutes later... Just these two carts full of guys, and then another cart holding Dom Perry on, just rip up, and everyone's oh hooping and hollering, God. going on. So just, they went back to get the Dom. Oh, yeah. They, 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 that's why they were late. It's because they, they wanted to, to buy us Dom Perry on to celebrate with them about Ben's hole-in-one, who was the last person to go. And I'm just like, I, I, I was numb, just absolutely numb. And uh, they showed a video of, of the hole-in-one, and it was very uh, sobering, and it was very hard for me and everyone in the group to be motivated after that, yeah. uh, even after the, the, the little uh, glass, the little flute of Dom Perignon that they bought us. <laughs> a little Dixie cup for your efforts. Here you go. Here's some Dom. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's tough as a group, because uh, like, the group had a, a smaller hole-in-one bet against the other team as well, so we all lost in the thing. Uh, myself more than anyone else, I believe. Sounds like Sh Sean point. Winter might have had more. I'm not really sure. Uh, but either way, it was very, very sad. And 
long story short, after you face that kind of sadness, we all just crumbled, just paper, paper dragons. It was just... Paper dragons. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. I've never heard yeah. it, but I, I, I like it. It's paper lines, maybe? I don't know. But like when you like pr- pretend to be all big and tough, and then like some, you get a little bit of adversary, and, adversary, and you're like... Somebody just squishes you easily. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so we, not only did we lose that big bet on the hole-in-one and the hole, but I don't think we won another hole from there on out because I don't know if anyone talked to each other in our group <laughs> after that. And, oh, and no, no blame on anyone because I, I think I was probably more mad than anyone else. But it was, it was a lot of anger going on. Um, so, yeah, that's the largest golf bet I've ever made. <laughs> Damn, dude. You, uh... I don't even want to go. I, 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 I can't. <laughs> well, even. talk about poker. I'm sure you've lost way more of that in poker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just cumulatively in a session. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think of. I feel like I would re- remember the biggest pot I ever lost, but you were telling your story, and I just kind of like was into <laughs> it, and I started brain blanking on on what my low was going to be. <laughs> I have I have a lot of lows in my in my poker gambling career. Uh, as everyone. As everyone. Uh, I mean, I had, I had one, I had one just this summer when, uh, when things were things were not going well for me this summer, and I, I was playing some tournaments. I was playing some cash game. Uh, I was losing, and I signed up for, was it a 3K No Limit? I think it was a 3K. Oh, that one, yeah, yeah. A 3K No Limit uh, WSOP event. Uh, Things were going well. I was chugging right along. I made a big hero call. I was was, chugging 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 right right along. along. A little too much, as it turns out. (laughs) Uh, But we won't won't blame it on the alcohol. Uh, I was was doing really well. I made a big hero call against... uh, Espen Jorstad, the mm-hmm. WSOP main event winner, he uh, he tried to check raise me, and I had ace high, and I called, and I turned bottom pair, and I called, and then uh, I was so ready to call the river all in, like snap call it, and he gave up, and I checked, and then he gave me one of these faces after <laughs> after the showdown. He was not it's like only Europeans are supposed to play that good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's what he was thinking, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, uh, but no, that was a big pot, and I had got up to a lot of chips, um, and we went down to three tables, I believe, in this tournament. Um, was it three tables? It been, well, I don't know. I think it was two. If it won't. No, it was three, okay. I think. I well, think you I know finished. where you finished. Well, I think I finished in the 20s. Okay. So yeah. we get down to three tables. I had... Uh, I had worked, this is a WSOP event, so first place is like $750,000. That's a lot of money. I was like, man, if I win this tournament, even if I top three it, like, this will save my whole year because I had been having a horrible year. Like, in terms of poker stories, like, I, I had my best year ever in 2021. 2022, I was, it was a good year, but not a great year. I uh, had a lot of adversity in the tail end of the year. And the early part of 2023 was not any better. So this, I really needed this score uh, more than more than I care to admit it. Like you know, first world problems to like I need this $700,000 score to like feel good about myself. But I was, it was just things were happening in 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 the poker world in in our lives that uh, 
were beyond just the uh, the cash game losses, but I was suffering a lot of losses. And I'm I'm deep in this tournament, uh, probably drinking a little too much on the breaks, but uh, that never stopped me from winning a lot of money before. So I can't really blame it on that. But we get down to uh, to three tables. I get moved to a table with a player I haven't played with before. I uh, I get dealt the ace three suited. Let me just say, guys, I literally show up. Right now, I, I, I it's true. I, 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 I just busted a tournament, and like I knew Art was deep, and I was like, ah, I'll go sweat Art for a little bit. I know he's deep in a tournament. It's gonna be super fun. So I run over there, and I get right, right behind him, like five feet away from. Him. Seriously, continue five feet away. <laughs> uh, he's he's like on my on my seven o'clock back here, yeah. just uh, just sweating. Can't see the cards, obviously, but just sweating the the tournament. Uh, so this hand comes up. A guy raises a ten nine offsuit. Uh, in middle position, he he wins a pot with it, and I'm just I just kind of rib on him. I'm like, oh, 10 nine off, huh? Playing playing a hand with ten nine off, and just kind of joking on him. And he uh, and he's like, he just kind of looks at me. He says, yeah, you know, I'll play anything. I don't I don't know what he was. I can't even remember what he said. But uh, the very next hand, the reason that's relevant is uh, I'm in the small blind with the ace three suited, folds to that same guy. He raises it up to, uh, uh, I think, two hundred thousand. I think the blinds were fifty, a hundred thousand. That's how deep they were in a tournament. Yeah, yeah he raised to two hundred thousand, which is probably a min raise. But yeah, yeah he min raised it up to two hundred thousand. I got the ace three suited. I'm like, well, this guy just played ten nine off. Uh, it doesn't matter that I just said something. He's definitely going to still play the same range of hands. I, I don't know. So I re-raise him to uh, seven hundred thousand chips. Uh, he calls. The flop comes. Uh, Nine nine four, I think. That sounds right. Uh, he says that's a good flop for ten nine off. <laughs> I I kind of dismiss it and I bet uh, small like five hundred or four hundred. I don't remember. He calls. Uh, turn is a th- three. I hit my pair. I think so. You're yeah, like, that yeah, sounds right. Did you? Yeah, I think you, I yeah. think I turned yeah, the three. Turned I don't the know. Three. You can check the old WSOP sure report. It definitely made the headlines of the uh, <laughs> of the of the thing. I uh, I think it went check check. It went check check. Yeah. Yeah. I check. Yeah, yeah. Because I checked the turn. Because you made a pair. I made a pair. <laughs> he checked behind. The river's like a five, I think. Yeah. It's like a middling card. It shouldn't complete anything. Don't think it completed no. any straights. It might have been a two, honestly. Uh, That's fair. I bet kind of on the small side, I think, again. like yeah. a, I think I, you bet like 800 or 900 or something. Yeah, I bet like between a third and half pot, but like probably closer to a third. Yeah. And uh, he didn't take too long. He went all in, and I basically snap called him. I was like, the reason I bet small is like, I think he has like king queen or like a better ace. He never has a better ace because he, he would have just checked back. <laughs> Anyways, I <laughs> I thought he had big cards because I bet so small on the flop and he, and he checked back the turn. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I just had this stone cold thought in my mind that I had the best hand. And when I bet the river, he shoved for like three million. It was a chip lead pot. It was, yes. It was a chip lead pot. If, Equity wise, probably around 200K, be my guess. That sounds right. I never thought of it like that, but. <laughs> Basically, I lost a lot of money this hand. I snap called him. He turns over pocket nines for flopped quads. And I was like, oh, I should have maybe put that together with the speech call and the check check. And, the... and I immediately went from the rail 
right to my car. I didn't even, I don't even think I stuck around to uh, commiserate yeah. with Art at all. As, as like, no fast, one wants to friend at that point. Yeah, as fast as I busted out of the tournament, Justin turned into like a puff of smoke on the rail. <laughs> I like look back and all I see is like a little bit of smoke going up into the air. <laughs> Just and, an empty beer can <laughs> and some, some dandruff in my beard. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, that was probably my biggest blunder in it. I mean, I was playing kind of crazy in the tournament anyway, so whatever, but... I don't know. I played a lot of tournaments in my time because I used to play a lot of online tournaments, and you never want to you never want to be in that spot calling for your tournament life on the river. You want to be like the aggressive guy putting people to the test, and you at least got a thirty percent chance to win. I, I'm like, I know people are smart these days, and like, oh, you're calling the river. You do have a percentage chance to win, but like, nobody's bluffing there ever. Ever, they're gonna raise you on that river all in. A guy I've never heard of, maybe Alex Foxen would bluff there. Maybe yeah, exactly someone that doesn't maybe, care about the moment. Would, maybe Chino Reem would bluff yeah, there. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. But yeah, it's not no, so, no not, one I've never heard of. And by the way, this guy didn't make the final table. This guy. <laughs> well, that is not his fault. You tried your best to help him. I did. I, I do what I can for the people. <laughs> but uh, maybe made the final table. I don't know. He didn't finish in the top three. Some. Some guy, some 60-year-old guy beat everyone. And uh, anyways, I don't know if that's my deepest, darkest uh, poker story, but it's a culmination of things where just like everything's going wrong for freaking 12 <laughs> months. 11 eight, months. Uh, yeah, yeah, almost a year. And you just like have a chance to get out. Should probably have a stack to make the final table. And you're just like, you know what? Let's keep it going. Fuck it. Let's let's keep this downswing going. <laughs> I mean, like seriously, guys, this is like this is like a seven hundred thousand dollar downswing over over the course of eleven months, just like straight down, and that's not nothing to me. I mean, the games we the games we play, it's like a ten fifteen thousand dollar buy in type of game, like. It'd be hard to lose seven hundred thousand straight. Well, in a, in, unless you're not trying, but yeah. Unless you're trying to lose, <laughs> and I and this spot came up for me to get out, and it was just like very sobering in the moment. And I mean, ultimately, you go back and you say, okay, maybe this is a pivoting point where it helped me like get better at playing yeah. poker and trying to win. But sobered you up a little bit, but yeah, so far not yet. But <laughs> I think soon it's going to have that impact. <laughs> So something I will say about uh, life-changing events affecting poker specifically, like you, you can probably like quantify it with like gambling and, and other things in your life as well. Uh, but in spoke in poker specifically, where you're actively like inside your own head, I, I have found every time I've had a big life event in my in my short poker career life, I've always gone on a downswing for six months and like. Some serious stuff like my, my dad passing, but like even when like I got married to my wife, like you know when we moved to Vegas, uh, that that kind of culminated in the the Dan Belzerian story because like we moved there and like within I don't know nine months it was like my bankroll was just poof gone. Yeah. Um, like sometimes your uh, your your brain's not making the correct decisions, and then you start questioning your brain's decisions, and then that gives you less confidence, and it's just like you're just climbing down the ladder of like confidence of. Uh, for poker, and which you need a, a lot of, I think. You do. You need you need confidence to do well in poker, at least live poker. Maybe yeah. online poker is a little different. Yeah, that's probably true. But live poker, you got to face eight people. The people that you face are giving you the 
Instagram version of themselves, you know, they're all happy and like <laughs> crushing their lives. I mean, until they're not and they show their true colors at the table. <laughs> but but you know, you have to kind of put on a, a brave face at the poker table. You have to put on your your social norms and then and then yeah, if they you just it's it's hard to it's hard to perform at a high level in a lot in live poker when when your life is changing dramatically behind the scenes and uh, and yeah to to your point same thing happened to me when I had my first daughter I went on I think it was like a six month downswing so you might have something there we put out a book the six month downswing <laughs> yeah I mean I wouldn't say it's expected but like your your mind's always somewhere else so like these like uh, what seem like very minute decisions turn into like huge like uh, mountains to, to move and it's it is tough and like the, the same uh, dramatic experience that Art had, I, I had at the same time and I won't put a number on mine but I'll just say it's uh, similar uh, and it's the same kind of thing. If you're, if you're not mentally showing up then it's, it's really hard to do well and not that we do a whole lot of thinking to start with so it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot tougher if, if you're second guessing yourself or questioning yourself or if you go home angry because, like, believe me, if you're break-even or if you're up a little bit, it's okay to lose a few sessions in a row, three, four sessions in a row. You go home, you can justify anything you want to. But if you're already on downswing and you have a few bad sessions, it's, it's just a self-hatred, self I mean, for me specifically, like, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of uh, internal hatred, and uh, <laughs> which is a mental issue problem probably. But, like, it's, it, it is a real thing, and it takes, it takes a lot of steps to kind of dig yourself out of that feeling of every decision I, I make is wrong. I, I can't change this. Yeah, you gotta stay, you gotta have an even keel to play, yeah. to, to be a gambler, period, yeah. for a living. And even just, you know, recreational, it helps to have an even keel. Um, we had this, uh, we have this, when we're down and down and not quite out, but we're losing, it's bad. But on the same on the same kind of wavelength, after after your biggest upswing, it's the same thing. It I is. mean, it's it's ridiculous how there's a reason that like Stephen Chidwick is the I don't know if he's the biggest winner of all time, but he's he doesn't he doesn't show any emotions because when he's playing poker, he is only playing poker. He doesn't have a family. I mean, I don't know if this no, is he has true, a family. but in his mind, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's I playing poker. Yeah. In my mind, he doesn't have a family. He doesn't have any thought except for poker. And I can't really do that. I, some of the elite people can do it, I think. No. Uh, I mean, well, at least in the moment, I feel like they are really good at like qu quarantining off portions of their brain. The elite people in any sport, in anything, that's true. are really good at like... The mental toughness is really just like making a bubble around your life, and when you're doing your thing that you want to be elite at, you just do that thing, and that's it. Uh, but it's very hard. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody can do it except for the top one percent of one percent of the people. That's true. Like the, they, they call it staying in the moment or being present. Okay. Um, I, I, I say that because like uh, my buddy Shannon Chor just got second in a high roller. And he gave an interview afterwards about if he was disappointed about not getting first place. And he said, honestly, like, it's, it's, 
I'm, I'm not that disappointed. I'm sure I will be later. But right now, like I was just, I've been working really hard about staying in the present and just focusing on each individual hand, each individual bet. And like it's, it's a lot easier to do that uh, when that's your goal. But it's just, it's incredibly hard to do. Like I, uh, Eric Baldwin was the first person that even brought that up to me probably a decade ago. And he's amazing at it as well. Was uh, Eric was very, he was an elite like baseball player, right? Like he was good in. in yeah, he was division, I believe it was, I want to say division three, but they won like uh, the national championship for division three. But so like he was. But like in his, in yeah. his youth, he was, oh, yeah. he had yeah. that yeah. already. Exactly. Even though, it, you know, you're a kid, you don't give a shit about anything except for girls <laughs> and sports. But it, you, it's a little easier to quarantine off. But what about Shannon? Did he have a no, he, sports he, background too? He played baseball as well. Um, same kind of thing. Like, I mean, he, he, he did struggle with it in his earlier years, self-admittedly. Uh, but same kind of thing. Like, you, you just, people like Chidwick or Foxen, like, they, they work really hard at this stuff. And yeah. I think even them, like, they, they, they saw that as something to aspire to. So they actually, you, it's something you have to work hard at. It's not like you can just sit down, like, today I'm just going to stay in the moment and it's going to be easy. It's not like it's it's something that takes years to even practice, let alone accomplish. Yeah. Um, I I did try for a few months, and like to be honest, it's it's not for me. <laughs> like I, it's it's a probably the weakest part of my game. It's not staying present. But at the same point, I also do things more off the cuff, more by soul reads and stuff like soul read. Not <laughs> not like reading someone's soul, but like a individual read. Just yeah. instincts. Yeah, yeah. S-O-L-E, not S-O-U-L, but yeah. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but like, uh, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword for me. Like every time I try to do it, I feel like I'm having less fun and it's just, it becomes more mechanical and that's not me. Um, but at the same point, I admire and am jealous of the people that can. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Um, should we should we bounce off the rock bottom here? Want to talk about happiness now? Get to oh, our, thank goodness. Get to Woo. our where our shit still works out even though we're not that good at poker and we make a bunch of money. Should we talk about that? Wait, where's the money coming? Uh, in the past. Oh, in the past. Oh, in yeah, the past, I used to make the money. money comes yeah, in. Sure, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. You go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, initially, obviously, your first two tournaments that you won off the bat. Like how how like you can't beat that like in my in my mind you go from whatever your bankroll was to whatever you made it like percentage points above or like that's that, like they can't be beat in my mind. Yeah, I did have a stretch when I was uh, when I first moved to Vegas when it was like two thousand. Let's call it seven. Eight. Okay, seven. May of 08. Yeah, no, I moved here in 08, uh, where I just. I could do no wrong in tournaments. I didn't play very much volume. <laughs> I, I just, uh, the first tournament, well, so the first tournament I ever played, live tournament, was the one with Jason Mercier. I think we talked about that, where oh. I got 20-something, uh, and he won, and we had a little swapski for 2%, and that basically doubled. I cashed for 20, he gave me 20 when he won 1 point whatever million. Uh, I can't do that math. Anyways, uh, the first time we moved to Vegas, I played the win series tournament, and I had I was online. I was like an online poker tournament player at that time. That's kind of what I branded myself as in my mind. I would play some live cash games, small stakes, five ten no limit stuff like that, um, and I signed up for this fifteen hundred dollar win tournament. Uh, could do no wrong in the tournament. Um, 
and to your point about confidence, like it was at an all-time high. Uh, I think Jeff Madsen was at that tournament. And so there's something to be said about being new in town. I didn't know anyone. Uh, just my wife was at home. So I would go on tournament break for 15 minutes. I would walk by myself. I would call my wife on the phone and just be like, you know, not on day one, but like on day two yeah, when it was serious. I'll right. just, yeah. I'll just call her on the phone. We'll talk for 10 minutes and I'll be like, all right, we got to go back. And then I have like one or two minutes to like self-reflect and re-engage into like poker mode and, and then go back in and, and play. And honestly, my performance level was at the highest when I didn't know any of the people I was playing against personally and I was just like in the moment. So I, I mean, maybe it's just a function of running really good in the tournament, but it's probably a little bit of everything, right? It just all kind of stacks on itself and, and works out. So I, so that particular tournament, I get to the final table. Uh, I honestly don't remember any of the hands until heads up, heads up play. And it was me, a cocky 21-year-old, just moved to Vegas. Was that you or the opponent? Me. Oh, okay. They, they were a 40-year-old business owner. And he was like, do you want to chop? Like, and I was like, no, obviously I'm going to win. And it was like 80 for first, 50 for second. It was a big difference. It yeah. might have been 40 for second. And... And I was just like, no, obviously I'm going to win. Like one of the early hands, uh, he has me down um, two to one in chips or something. And I get in sevens against his jacks. I hit it seven. Uh, and I, you know, then now, now they stacks flip, right? I'm, yeah. I'm two to one now against him. And I, I just, the only thing I had going for me was aggression. Like he just folded his way down and, and then the next flip I won. And that was the, that was the tournament. Like I was never thought about a deal ever. My confidence all time high, uh, and then it came true. I get a I get a cute little win trophy oh, that uh, that I got inside somewhere collecting dust, and uh, and yeah, eighty eighty four thousand dollars in in uh, win chips and cold hard cash afterwards. Uh, yeah, and in that time period, I won that tournament. I won the next one that I played, which was the Caesars one that we both final tabled. Yep. We so talked where about, we met. Yeah. Yeah, well, we had known each other a little bit. Because oh, that's true. Had, yeah, sorry, we played in the, the cash game a little We bit. had played a little in the cash game, which is why when, when I offered to swap with him, he was like, all right, you got me out-chipped. You're an idiot, but giving me 2% when you got more chips than me, I'll take it. And, uh, and then I won that tournament for 80-something thousand. Uh, and then during the, that same time period, I was also a very active online poker player, and I won... I won the $215 uh, scoop cubed, the one oh, rebuy, yeah. one add-on tournament. And that score, that score was like $200,000. Holy shit, I never knew yeah. that. Yeah, it was... Like, uh, I probably did at one point. But yeah. yeah, I think... Uh, I, and I was just on this like massive heater and I had... The only community that I had, that I ever talked to was... Uh, was an online community, liquidpoker.net, if anyone's familiar. And, uh, and yeah, no, I would, uh, I would post my, I had a little blog on there. I still do, actually. If you go to, if you go to, I don't post on there. I actually posted this podcast on there, like, as a link recently. But yeah. it's a dead community. It's uh, liquidpoker.net. Yeah. You'll, you'll see it. Uh, yeah, no, and I, and I was just, like, on this massive upswing, and I, nothing's ever been, 
better than that, like uh, in terms of where I just know what I'm doing. I think I think tournament poker when you're succeeding, it, there's just nothing that beats it. You just yeah. you just feel good all the time. You can kind of feel everyone feels your aura. They like think that you know you're hot shit, or at least that's how you project onto them. And yeah, nothing nothing beats that kind of feeling. Like I have a I also have like my biggest cash game pot that I ever played. Uh, I won against uh, Eric Person in in it. Casino Eric. Casino Eric. Um, yeah, and it was a it was a great feeling too. It was like uh, I guess I'll tell the hand. It was I I raised pre flop. I think he re raised me. We're playing 100, 200, 400, or maybe we're just playing 200, 400. I don't know. That's so. I know it's big stakes, and I had uh, I had run up my stack to, uh, God, I think one hundred and fifty thousand. So I was I had a big stack in front of me, <laughs> and I raised preflop to a thousand. I think he made it uh, thirty five hundred or four thousand. I called. I had pocket tens. Uh, flop comes, king queen ten. I uh, right. I check. He bets. Uh, I Make don't up know. a number. He, he bets. Well, well, it's Eric, so he probably bet pretty big. He probably, he probably bet four thousand. I made it fifteen thousand. He calls. Uh, no, he comes back over the top. He comes back over the top and makes it. Uh, I like this play from Eric, by the way. Yeah, he makes it. Uh, so if I made it fifteen, puts all your value he in must fucking have, jail. He made it small. He made it That's like he made it like thirty thousand, and I called. And then the turn was a queen. And I checked, and he just went all in. And I snap called. You have to. I have, yeah. I have a boat. And, uh, and he happened to have ace jack instead of pocket kings, which is nice. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I won, I won a massive pot, like a $300,000 pot. And it felt great. But there's something about playing cash games where it feels like you deserve it. You know, you're like, yeah. you're like, I came here to win, you know, and I did win. Good job, me. In a tournament, you come there to lose. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like that. And That's when good. you when you win, it's a surprise. Yeah. But when you get down to like 20 people, then then you came there to win. So it, yeah. at that point, it becomes depressing. But uh, but yeah, in in the cash games, it doesn't feel nearly as good, no matter how big the pot is, to to winning a tournament. Yeah, it's it's definitely not close. They they should almost put like a little meme, like when you buy in for a tournament, and just like. A picture of your money and like just a lighter and just like, psh, yeah, you mean it's being gone because like, I honestly think that's the proper way to look at tournaments. Anyway. I think if you just buy in and then they slap you across the face, <laughs> that would be a, that would send the same. You want to go home now or do you want me to do it again? <laughs> you want to give me a thousand? You want to rebuy? You, <laughs> <laughs> you want me to kick you in the nuts now or do you want to wait three days? <laughs> but to Art's point though, like after you get past the initial slappings, like yeah, you make. Top five, top three, final table, like you know, wherever your threshold is, there's no better feeling in the world than like running hot in tournaments. It's it's not close because like cash games, you have a hot week, month, year, whatever. Yeah, the money's nice, and that's not trying to downplay that. But yeah, you could win a tenth of that in a in a tournament, and your elation is ten x, probably yeah. even more. Yeah, I mean, it's me. like you're a warrior who killed ninety nine point nine percent of people yep, instead right. of just like. Two people. <laughs> yeah. When you grow up competitive, like I imagine most poker players did grow up competitive. Like it's like that is the the creme a la creme of, of that. <laughs> Which is why I like people like 
specifically, I, I keep referring to like some of my good friends, like Shannon Shore and Eric Baldwin. But like this part of the reason they don't really delve too much into cash. It's not because they can't win at cash. They're very talented. It's because they they, they get the the highs, the dopamines. It's the, not the it's not it's, the same kind of win either. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 the battle is, is what they're concerned about. And if your bankroll is good enough and you can sustain losing twenty tournaments in a row. 40 tournaments in a row, which definitely happens, then like that's that's kind of where you want to be. I mean, if you can get there mentally anyway. Yeah, it's difficult. The long run is some, sometimes it never shows up for you, but like, I don't know. In live tournaments, some of these guys have it figured out for sure. Yeah, that is true. And like, I think someone told me the other day that like in order to realize your uh, ROI, which is return on investment for, for tournaments, it's something stupid like 10 million tournaments or something. Yeah, that's never, so, never that sounded like a made-up number, granted, but like I think the person was smarter than me that told me that, so <laughs> I, I'm going to acknowledge it at least. But yeah, like I mean, there's no way, especially I mean, online there was a chance you could like reach that number, but like in yeah, live, right. there's, only, there's zero only chance. Like, only like Sean Deeb has ever reached yeah, that yeah. number, and I doubt he's played that many tournaments. But uh, but that guy sounds like a pessimist, and and you know what yeah. I like to say? Yeah, pessimists get to be right. And optimists get to be rich. No. So you, uh, <laughs> there you if go. you're if you're uh, if you're optimistic and you know someone has to win the poker tournament, you know. And speaking of, what what are your highs in poker, buddy? <laughs> let's uh, let's get to those. I mean, to, to anyone that's watched our previous podcast, uh, the the story of basically my year from when like Bilzerian basically busted me to my high where Chino I chopped a tournament. Uh, there's nothing that beats that. Like anyone that has any interest, I believe that is episode one that we talk about that. Yes. Uh, so go back and watch that. It is like truly like the best year I've had in poker in my life um, by far. Um, but in addition, uh, as far as cash game pot, I will tell. So over the last, let's call it a year, year and a half or whatever, I've been on a, a pretty big downswing. Uh, Definitely the largest of my career, but I'm also fortunate enough to be in a spot where I can have my biggest loss, you know, over the course of a year as well. So I'm not, I'm not trying to boohoo it too much. Uh, but in the middle of it, to 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 save it from being potentially career ending, I, I was fortunate enough to be on Poker Go for a week um, <laughs> uh, this past oh about a year ago today actually. Okay. Oh wow, oh, oh, memories. <laughs> uh, but either way, I, I got in a very nice game where they, I immediately got stuck. I think it was like $80,000. I think uh, Nori busted me. This does sound like a good story. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought back in, and I had one more bullet left, um, which was nice. And I, I had sold some pieces to some friends of mine, which was even nicer to have people that believe in me. Uh, but either way, I, I kind of built myself back up to like being up or twenty or 30000 which is a huge win for me. And yeah. like I'm just looking around the table, and the table's kind of a little malaise, I'll, I'll say. A lot of like passive action. And drunk Justin took over, and it was just like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's just let's just go for like a lot more pots than we normally do. Who cares if we're going to win twenty or lose twenty at this point? Let's just let's just fire. And uh, I started doing it. It started working out. And then I got in a pot against a gentleman who I, I do like. Uh, I'm going to leave his name out again, just because I, I don't want to. He did nothing wrong in this hand at all. <laughs> But either way, uh, there was a spot where I believe I uh, opened under the gun with the old. Ooh, I could be wrong here. I want to say the seven four of hearts. That seems right. Okay. And uh, I get, would know. Yeah, uh, like something I, I like to do anyway, just because I don't like folding. But like I did it under the gun. I think I got like four or five callers, 
and we're playing a big game, so like I probably raised to a thousand or fifteen hundred or something like that. And it comes like Jack Jack uh, three, uh, Jack Jack five. Let's call it um, uh, one heart rainbow board. And I decided to check, and this gentleman bet fairly large, came back to me, and I checked raise him because I thought he's just going to fold everything. I, I, that's literally the reason. Like the, my mindset was like, I'm going to go for it. Uh, he ended up calling, so it was like, oh shit. I'm probably going to give up now. And uh, the turn was like a, a six or an eight. It basically gave me a gutter uh, and a flush draw. So six, eight or hearts, like whatever it was. So like okay, like literally the best card in the deck for me. And it, like then Drunk Justin took back the wheel and it was just like, <laughs> He's like we have well, a chance. Well, we, we are definitely so not giving up now. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> and I bet something big. I don't know, probably bet like 25,000 or something like that. And he snap called. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, never mind. I'm scared again. Like... <laughs> I thought for sure you'd fold that one. Like, I'm sure you have eights or nines or, I don't know, shit. Okay. And, like, the whole time, I'm like, okay, he definitely has a jack here. This is fine. And um, the river was, uh, like, a like a queen of hearts or something like that. So I make my flush. And wow. I'm, yeah. I'm very happy. Flush, yeah. Yeah. Back to her flush. There's probably, I don't know, 100, 110K in the pot right now. And I'm just, and I, I think I have, like, 150K in front of me. And I'm just like so happy that I freak out and I check because <laughs> why classic, not? Classic Justin. Classic Justin. Scary, so scary looking card. Anyone <laughs> that like wants to play against me, all you have to know is if I check, I probably got you. And if I bet, you should probably call me. <laughs> You're going to have to completely change your game now yeah. after all these now years. Now everyone knows. So I check and I'm just like, and like he, he was tanking for not long, maybe like 20, 30 seconds. But in that 20, 30 seconds, I'm like, Justin, build up some fucking confidence and just, just call no matter what he does. Because uh, it's, it's going to be okay. This is why we played the hand this way. Right. Just close your eyes and just say call. And he said the words all in, which were for, was my, for my whole stack, which was 150K. So he like bet so a time like, and a half. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Pot's 110. I mean, you can't fold. Yeah, and I, I, to my credit, I did snap call without really realizing what money meant at the time. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he had a really good hand, actually. Like, he, he kind of merged his hand. He had ace-jack with the ace of hearts. So oh. not only did they have trips, which is going to be good, uh, he also had the ace of hearts to basically maybe make me fold. Uh, or actually, no, it's just value, is it? I don't even know what it, like the plan was. I don't know. He probably just didn't want to get raised. Yeah, that, that's probably right. <laughs> People bet more than the pot. Usually, they don't want to get raised. <laughs> but guys. anyway, like, it's it probably for value, be my guess. But like, yeah, I mean, way, you have yeah, to call yeah, it with the jack, yeah. so you just... And like, I beat him in the pot, and as soon as I beat him in the pot, he says, ah, shit. <laughs> and that was the biggest pot I've ever won until like three hands later where I kind of tied it. <laughs> so this one was like 400K. Yeah, about 400K. And then you play three hands later another pot? So yeah, like literally three hands later. It might have been, might have been the next hand for all I know. Okay. Uh, You're still counting the chips from the last I, I'm not joking. Like it, It's just a mess in front of me. And like <laughs> just ear to ear, like couldn't. And couldn't, uh, couldn't not smile if somebody so, <laughs> told you your mom just died. <laughs> so the same guy buy, buys back in for 200. Like I said, huge game. And uh, like I said, whenever it happened, an orbit later, three hands later, I think I uh, someone opens, a bunch of people call. I call, I have two fours, pocket set. Um, and uh, he squeezed huge. For those that don't know, Justin likes to call pocket fours, pocket set. Why do you, why do you call it that? Uh, like when I was younger, like I felt like fours made the most sets. So even my uh, ultimate bet screen name was Pocket Set Four Four Four. 
Anyone that wants to look that up, I wouldn't waste your time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I honestly thought Ford just made the most sets that possible. Very rational people over here. All right, so you, got the, pocket, you got the pocket fours. And uh, whatever, a uh, bunch of uh, arrays, a bunch of colors I call fours, and the, uh, the same guy, like, squeezed huge. Uh, I think there was one other caller, and I called, and it just comes something just perfect, whatever. I, I, let's call it, like, Jack Four Deuce or something like that. Yeah. And it was just like, check, check, and the guy, like, blasts off for, like, half or two-thirds pot. Granted, this is the same guy. Just be out of the pot, so he's not very happy. Sure, steaming uh, up. There, there might have been two hearts or something on the board, and I just, after he... That big, I just went all in, put them all in for 200K. You did? And he snap called wow. with uh, two aces. Wow, that's that's tough to do. I mean, you like make it look like a draw, yeah, and, he, exactly. and he's like, like fucking never folding anything. This, this part of live poker, you know, you just like you look at your opponent, you're like steamed, and I'm pretty sure he has something. Like, if I didn't think he had anything, obviously just calling is the right thing, but I honestly thought he had a, a huge hand, and he, he beat me in the pot, and I showed him, and uh, he was not happy again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he probably felt like he was doing the same thing to you. He's like, I'm betting huge with yeah, a big hand, and exactly. I'm betting fake steamy on the flop. Like, I got something. And you're just like, buddy, I got something. Like, you want to see something? I got it. I got it. <laughs> and we ran it twice, and I held both times. And in the course of, it couldn't have been more than, I mean, probably counting on the chips took a while. But like in the, in the course of half an hour, like I won $400,000, $450,000. And wow. I, that's... That's just a pebble in the in the creek of what I lost that year. But like, still, it was <laughs> a pebble in the creek. <laughs> but it was a uh, it, it definitely uh, kind of snapped me out of like the funk that I was in leading up to it. Um, but to your point on the backside of it, then all of a sudden my my head went from I suck at poker, and then that night happened. I'm like, oh, I might be the best at poker. <laughs> and then when you get think you're the best at poker, that's when like the other side of you takes over, where you're like, I deserve pots instead of you needing to earn pots. Yeah, and also you're just like, you you kind of stretch it. Like even uh, there was a time uh, when I was betting a lot of sports, and I I thought I was so good at betting sports that that I was even willing to take on money like from other people and bet for them. And I was Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah and it, that actually went okay. I I won the first year that I did that. Uh and then the following year, what happens to you and this is true I think in everything, but gambling specifically, what happens to you is you learn everything. You learn all the tricks of gambling like uh I'll give you an example. You're a professional blackjack player, you know how to count cards, you know when you have an edge to bet more when the count is plus three or something, right? So then the count is plus two and you say, this is close enough and you bet. And that happens a lot. A lot. And it happens, there's advantage slot players who the, the discipline is the key thing because if right. you're an advantage slot player, you'll see a spot and you're like, okay, I know if the screen, I mean, for those that don't know, advantage slot playing is a real thing. It is. <laughs> There's people, you can follow them around the casino. Alan Kessler, one of them. Alan Kessler is one of them, but you can follow them around the casino and you'll know them because the way they look at slot machines is just different. They, they're like walking with a purpose. They look over here. They cycle through the bets. That's they're right. like, they check all the screens. Like you can bet different denominations. You can bet a dollar a spin, $2 a spin, et cetera. Uh, and they cycle through them all. And if the game state is in a certain state, whatever, then it's, you're making money. But the people who aren't disciplined, 
they see the game state and they're like, oh, that they're just gamblers. Yeah, it's they're like, oh, like it's a coin flip right here. Yeah, they're so like, oh, I'll flip a coin. Yeah, I'll flip a coin here, and you just kind of, you kind of, that that line keeps sliding. Mm-hmm. The the more kind of a gambler you are, and I think me and both Justin, and probably a lot of you listening to this <laughs> are uh, are just like us. So you you see something, you know something, uh, you you just like say, okay, well, this is not that bad. You know, this is okay. It's not. It's not great. Uh, and I would do that with sports betting. I would have a spot where I would say, okay, this game, I think, I think it's making money at this uh, whatever. I bet the over on a football game or something like that. But previously, I would tell myself, listen, overs are only 50-50 propositions because everybody bets the over. That's a gambler. That's right. So you should only bet unders and just forget about the overs. There's a lot of games you don't have to bet the overs. You can just bet the unders. But that week, maybe I don't have a bet. So I'll, just, I'll just force something. And, and that happens. It happens in poker. It happens in sports. It happens in slots. It happens in, it happens in anything gambling. It happens in trading, trading yeah. stocks. Yeah. It happens, uh, I mean, really anything where money's involved. And you're like, you have a deal. And you're like, you get kind of attached to the deal versus attached to the, the, the value process, and element of it. So in sports, I've done it where I've, I've just like forced bets and, and made them go in and just like, they lose, you know? I mean, long term, I'm a, I'm a, there was a, a time where I was a big winner in NFL and sports, and then now I'm like a break-even player. Like I, I accept that, you know? I, uh, I don't bet as often as I used to. I, I'll, I'll be happy to bet one game a week. I'll be happy to bet no games. Uh, not happy, but I, I will do it. I'll bet I'll bet a, a small amount actually. That doesn't mean that much to me. But I <laughs> but I I, uh, I don't know. There's something there's something about gambling where you have to I know everybody knows you have to bet within your means, but like when the fun stops. If you're a professional gambler, then I don't know. I don't know what happens that makes you think that uh, this is this is okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. I mean, to your whatever. It's kind of been the theme of our entire podcast. Is the best thing about gambling is gambling and winning. The second best thing about gambling is gambling and losing. Dude, not it's, gambling. Life. The best thing yeah, about life, life is gambling yeah. and winning. That, that is true. <laughs> the second best thing about life is gambling I mean, and, and, and it's, losing. <laughs> it's true because like it's 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 mentality of wanting to be in action. It's it's whatever. Last weekend, I, I did well in football. The next weekend, and I bet like five games, and the next weekend, I only see like one of my plays looking good. Yeah. No chance I'm just betting one of my games. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to force something. I'm going to find something that looks like a coin flip. Unless it's a morning game. And then if it yeah. loses, then there's no chance. Yeah. There's only betting Which one is, game. So when we first moved to uh, Vegas, and I'm, I'm sure you've, you've probably seen something similar, uh, UNLV basketball uh, was usually the last game of the night because like, it's, it's on the West Coast. Uh, usually went off at like 7, 7.30 hour time, which is 10.30 uh, East Coast time. But the games were fantastic, not because UNLV was good or bad or the opponents were good or bad. It's because every single gambler in Vegas would go buy these $20 tickets and put whatever their max was on the game. Basically, whatever they lost throughout the day, <laughs> they would throw that on the game. So like people are just cheering for both sides, over unders, turnovers, like missed shots. It's just an exciting buckets. game. <laughs> Every free throw, like half the crowd goes fucking nuts. <laughs> and, like not because like they're all UNLV fans. It's because like everyone had a long day of sports betting. They're down 
whatever amount of money. <laughs> and they're like, what's left on the ticket? Okay, uh, Hawaii, Hawaii. Um, oh, UNLV. I am in Vegas right now. UNLV plays the banana slugs in 30 minutes. Uh, we're going to go see that game. How much are tickets? Are you serious? They're $20? We're definitely going to this game, and we're going to bet whatever we're down on the game. And that, that's just what happens. And, like, for the first, like, probably, geez, probably four or five years we lived here, we, we went to a half dozen to, like, ten games a year yeah. just for the environment. Like, I mean, granted, I also bet on the games, too. Don't <laughs> course, get me wrong. Of course. But the, the actual environment of the game was sick. It's like no one left early. It's not being like, oh, this, <laughs> yeah, this the end matters. <laughs> UNLV was favored by 20. And like usually, like, you know, if they're up uh, 22, like, you know, everyone's like trying to beat traffic out. Yeah. But the stadium would remain full <laughs> because everyone's sweating the, we gotta know. the spread. And like every, every three throw, like when they brought in like the scrubs off the bench or whatever, like, Half the stadium would go nuts. Like, what are you doing? Leave their pros in here. Let's go. Like we need points. You can't just give up. And it was it was honestly like a very exciting time. Like and you know have a few rum and cokes along the way. And uh, you know it's it. But that was a very uh, I think Vegas specific uh, environment for sports, which is very much transferred over the last fifteen years because now, now they actually encourage betting in game and like before the game and afterwards. Where like at that point, like sports betting was only in casinos. You couldn't do it on your phone. Very taboo. Yeah. So, like, you had to, like, bet it at whatever, Bellagio or Aria or yeah. whatever. And then you'd run to the game and then, like, sweat it. Where now, like, it's a little bit different because, like, you can, like, get live action. And I mean, it, it helps up. that, like, the games are sometimes pretty casino adjacent, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, like, Thomas and Mac is... It's it's right next to the airport, right next to every casino. It's it's a it's a 10-minute drive. Like, it's, it's right there. Um, but... That was that was a very good introduction to a Vegas life when I first moved here. Actually, that's funny. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of degenerates, uh, if you've watched this podcast for a few episodes, you know that we put out this content, but it's not free. We work hard to you know lose all our money so we can tell you about it, <laughs> and uh, and the the best way to pay us back it's not it's not money. It's a uh, it's a like. It's a subscribe. It's a button click. It's a, just a button. Just make my pants vibrate. I get, I get in, I get a buzz every time somebody, uh, somebody subscribes, somebody makes a comment, somebody likes something, and we read all of them. We'll read all your comments, yeah. and we, uh, what we really want actually is you to just, just follow us on any whatever podcast platform you like, uh, Spotify, YouTube. I'm sure there's other ones. Apple Podcasts. Uh, just uh, just put us on your to-do list, you know? And and yeah, we really appreciate that. It really helps us out. So uh, if you do if you do that for us, we will do another one of these for you. Yep. And there's plenty more gambling stories to come, it's unfortunately true. or fortunately. I don't know. And in it's the next nice. few weeks, we're going to have, uh, I know Thanksgiving is coming up. Maybe not for whoever's listening to this right now. now. But... Uh, but there's, uh, there's, we're going to have a lot of really good guests yeah. in the next uh, four or five weeks. So keep, keep your yeah. ears open. Push that little bell that tells you when a new video drops and a new podcast drops. And trust me, you're going you're gonna to like the content that we put out over the next, uh, over the next few weeks. Yeah, so. we're, we're going to have some really good guests, very diverse guests when it comes to Vegas, gambling, poker, other forms of gambling. Uh, it's it's going to be good. It is. All right. That's the pot. Me and my buddy, we make it all of this money. Yeah. I know it's rude to be bragging. They never catching a slack. Me and my buddy, 
We working hard for